podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi. After a much rotated Liverpool side defeated Toulouse 5 1 on Thursday evening, pushing the Reds ever closer to topping their Europa League group, our attention turns back to the Premier League as Klopp's side welcomed Nottingham Forest to Anfield this Sunday. Forrest gave Liverpool two tough tests last season, and with the Reds only three points off the top spot in the Premier League, Klopp will be hoping his side can keep up their early season momentum and reassert their title credentials this weekend. Joining me on the podcast this week, I'm delighted to welcome on lifelong Forrest fan Martin Peach. Just a heads up for all those listening, our chat ranges from recollections of that fateful day at Hillsborough in 1989, through to Martin's efforts with other Forest fans to eliminate offensive chanting from fans across the league. Martin did experience some audio issues throughout our conversation, so apologies in advance for the quality not being up to our usual standards. But given the importance of the conversation, I felt it was essential that you hear it in its entirety. Up next is my chat with Martin Peach. Welcome, Martin. Good to speak with you. Hi, Harry. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. And um, the, the focus of today's pod is obviously going to be on on Nottingham Forest, and we'll discuss sort of how the season's gone so far uh, and some of some of the key some of the key talking points ahead of the weekend's game. But I did want to, as usual, just ask you to sort of cast your mind back to to last season. Yeah, I think obviously um, an emotional moment to be back in the league. You know, after so many years. Um, like um, away from the top flight. Um, and I think a lot was made about Nottingham Forest, the style of play that we'd seen prior to the promotion, uh, the number of players, of course, who who came in during the window, um, which was um, impressive as well as sort of bewildering at times as well. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about that. But I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, uh, at the end of the season, like what were your your thoughts on how things had gone? Obviously, I think the, sort of the main objective had been, you know, um, achieved in terms of survival. I think uh, impressive performances in the last sort of five or six games as well that sort of saw you over the line. But yeah, I just wanted to get your overarching thoughts on on last season and how and how it was. Well, it was a the, the whole season was a battle really, and um, having been out of the top flight for so long. I don't think we really knew what to expect other than it was going to be really difficult. Um, we'd, we, we'd had to make a lot of signings because the squad that we came up with was was pretty threadbare. Our main sort of our four or five of our main players from the season before had been on loan. So they obviously went back to their parent clubs um, and we'd had a pretty settled 11 in the promotion season uh, where we'd come from absolutely nowhere as well at the start of the season. So there was, um, there was that was the need for signing so many players in the summer. Obviously, with any signing, 
some are gonna some are gonna be hits, some are gonna be misses. So you've signed that many. Um I think we all knew that some would do okay and some wouldn't. We started the season trying to play quite an open open style of play uh, and got found out pretty quickly and we're shipping a lot of goals. We got we got hammered at Man City, got hammered at Arsenal, a few few places we were getting um getting mauled really. So um Manager went back to basics, really, met, tr- tried to make us harder to beat, and we carried on sort of playing that style for the rest of the season. It was it was, it was hard to watch a lot of the time. Mm. Um, but you, you're right, we did rally at the right points. We, we we managed to put a couple of good runs together, and the most important good run we did put together was, was at the end of the season. Uh, our, our home form carried us over because the away form was, was abysmal all year. Um, and then, yeah, at the end when we did stay up, just a, a feeling of of relief. Just relief. We'd um, we'd managed to do it. We'd we'd stayed up. That was the objective, and um, mm. it had been achieved. And I think often in sort of situations like that, where we see sort of a newly promoted club come up and go through those those difficult stretches of games where results aren't going your way, or like even as you mentioned, like a couple of games where there's like a mauling and your confidence can really be low. Yeah, yeah, you see, you see things turning against the manager, um, and it, that, that wasn't the case. You know, obviously, I think for for Forest, there was a lot of faith placed in in Steve Cooper and his ability to be the one to 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 turn it around, or or even if he wasn't able to help but avoid sort of relegation, that he was the right person to be at the helm, uh, regardless of that. Which I think is obviously um, testament to sort of the faith that the club have in him. But um, you mentioned there, that, yeah, there was a point where the tactic shifted. Maybe the ambition of the early season and maybe the expansiveness started to disappear from the games you were seeing. And it was more of that conservative approach, trying to be effective on the counter where you could. Was there a particular point? Was there a game after which you, you think you started to see that? Was, was there a particular loss where you think that was the point where the manager made his mind up? It, it was, um, we played Leicester away. and Le- I think Leicester were rock bottom at the time and we, we were probably a point above them and um, so a sort of a local derby and um, so a bit of, bit of bragging rights at, at stake as well and we went to Leicester and it was a Monday night game this was probably about this time last year about October time I think it might have been just before the international break. yeah it was a good city October uh, 3rd wasn't it yeah okay yeah yeah you, you know better than me <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got absolutely battered again 4-0 uh, and after that, there was a lot of talk that Cooper was going to lose his job. Mm. Um, and basically the whole second half of that game, which I think we were probably, I think we might have been 3 nil down at half-time. The, the second half of the game was basically 45 minutes of Forest fans singing Steve Cooper's name. Mm. Um, so the, the backing that he received in the stands was um, unequivocal. And then in the following days on social media, it was it was um, when it looked like he was going to get the, get the boot. Again, Forest fans really rallied behind him. Yeah, he the man who he was the man who taken us back after all these years of so much goodwill behind him. Yeah, um, and I think that gave him the comp- the, the the club. To be fair, they held held the nerve and they didn't sack him. They they mm. they listened to the fans. And then the first game, but what was it? Have you got the fixtures there, Harry? Was I do indeed. Yes, yeah. First game back, the Liverpool game. After the Leicester one, you mean? Yeah, 
No, so that, that, no, I no. There's a couple more. Was there, I think they played Villa, maybe Villa on them. There were a few. There was a, there was a draw against Villa. Uh, one yeah. one draw. There was a, a one nil loss against Wolves. A nil nil against Brighton. And then yeah. we come back to yeah the the game at home to Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. So so those three games were the were the sort of um, leading up to that Liverpool game where the, the we went a lot more defensive. Right. Um, I don't think we kept a clean sheet up till that. The Brighton game, possibly. Um, yeah, the Villa game was very tight, not much in it. Villa was struggling at the time as well. Still had uh, Steven Gerrard as the manager at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was the change. And like I say, it wasn't it wasn't great to watch. It wasn't entertaining football by any means. But we did start picking up the odd point. Well, the Wolves game, we should have got something out of that. We missed a late penalty as well, so. Yeah, there was um, you could see a change in tactics, and you could see that it would possibly yield a few more points. So yeah, I think that was that was definitely the turning point. That the defeat at Leicester, um, we couldn't carry on like that. So it was, we, were, we were basically playing two in midfield and just getting overrun mm. every game. And, and and any team with real quality, like Man City or or Arsenal, yeah. They were just having a field day, an absolute field day. So, uh, yeah, we had to change it. We put three in midfield and went to a back four from a back three, and, uh, and just went a lot more, a lot more solid. Yeah, that's how you describe it. Yeah, and you can see from the results. I mean, sort of looking at the fixtures as well, you can sort of see. Um, we'll come on to talk about both Liverpool games in a second, but yeah, you can see aside from the Arsenal defeat that came straight after the Liverpool win, um, yeah. there's a, you know, there's, a, there's a draw against Brentford, there's a win against Palace, and a draw Chelsea wins against Southampton, Leicester, who you mentioned, you know, had been the turning yeah. point earlier in the season, a, a, a useful draw against Bournemouth, a win over Leeds. So you can you already start to see that there's a, there's a well I could see anyway there's a lot more green and yellow uh, into yeah, the draws, yeah. draws and wins. Um, yeah, that, that that middle patch sort of um, either side of the World Cup break I think yeah it took probably most uh, most of our points in the season around that period and then and then like you said earlier we we sort of finished strongly towards the end as well at home anyway. <laughs> no, it was a vital section. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned. You know the approach. Loads of players coming in, and um, the need for that. Uh, and then, of course, the fact that with any transfers, generally there's yeah, there's a range of whether or not they're going to be successful. But yeah, if you if you throw enough at the wall, I think there's all yeah, the chance yeah. that it's uh, like that was basically it. Yeah, if you <laughs> sign, sign thirty players, then uh, maybe ten of them. Some of them have got it. Sure. So, um, and there's a couple. I mean, I. I, I, I I'm not going to go through all 40, but uh, I'm going to go through. I mean, like Morgan Gibbs White came in. Uh, uh, Awayuni came in, obviously, from a, well, used to be in the Liverpool reserves, came away from Union. Uh, Danilo, yeah. Nico Williams from Liverpool, Emmanuel Denise, uh, Mangala, uh, Biancone, Froiler from At- Atalanta, probably Shelby on, I think, was there, like Renan Lodi. Yeah. Um, try, you, try, you try and forget a few of these, but yeah, you, you can carry on if you like. Yeah, Felipe <laughs> from Atletico Madrid, uh, some, like some, yeah. Jesse Lingard, of course, uh, Shekiate, yeah. Andre Ayu, um, which I completely blanked that that, that that happened during the season as well. Yeah, me um, too, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Kaylor Navas, which I think is extraordinary. Um, yeah. It's yeah. There's there's some it's an interesting sort of approach around. Um, I don't think you can say that there's a 
there's a philosophy there in terms of well, there's, there's quite a few players of a certain age who, who then have resale value, but then there's, there's also, also some big names there who probably brought in for the experience they could provide as well. Yeah, well, well, well interestingly, Harry, we went through, uh, I think, well, we definitely went through two directors of football during the season. We started off with, um, with right. the transfer sort of acquisition team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the very early signings were, were um, seemed to be measured and um, they were looking for younger players, players who sort of done okay in the Bundesliga and foreign leagues who could pick up for sort of okay price. Um, and then somewhere through that summer transfer window, something changed and that's when we started signing the Lingards and the, the sort of the big big name um big name players who most of whom didn't work out too well to be honest. And now those players we started signing at the start of that window are the ones who've actually come good. So um yeah, when we did have a bit of a strategy, it seemed to work or it now seems to be um bearing fruit. But um yeah the the, the bit where they, they they sort of got sidelined the acquisition team and the I think the chairman's son decided he wanted to play a bit of um, football manager for a while. Um, those players tended to, like you say, when you read them out there, there was quite a few even I'd forgotten. So um, that says it all, really. Yeah, no, I think there seemed to be a, a little bit of a uh, football manager approach, like you mentioned there. But I, I, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you if you were, if you were to pluck out the ones who. Uh, did prove to be a success um, and some of the key players for for you last season. I mean, I think Liverpool fans would love to sort of know how Taiwo has been doing. I think we can see how Taiwo has been doing. Um, and it's sort of a strange relationship I think Liverpool fans have with him because never played for the club at a senior level. Um, because I think there's numerous issues with maybe just travel, tra- travel permit, also like work permits and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then he, of course, goes to the Bundesliga does really well, comes through um, to the Premier League and has seemed to be a real handful. Nico as well. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White stands out. But yeah, I just wanted to hear from 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 you. Who, like, who for you were those those key players and um, the, the signings that paid off? Yeah, big T, Taro, definitely. Um, he turned out to be um, one of our most, one of the most important signings that the club made last season. He was, um, he started off a little slowly and we were thinking, you know, his touch didn't look great and that, but he, as he sort of got into his stride uh, a couple of months. And it, again, if you look at the fixtures from last season, look at the results. Um, that's when we went on a bit of a bad run. And it's no coincidence that when he was fit again towards the end of the season, um, I was and he scored some important goals towards the end of the season. He started this season absolutely brilliantly, and he's now injured again. So, it, it, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's been he's been a great sign in. Um, if we could just keep him fit, he'd be even better. From the others you mentioned, there, Gibbs White's been fantastic as well. Started this season slowly, but last year he was he was fantastic. He could do with maybe a few more goals and assists, but. Uh, he, he's a he's a player that fans love to watch. He's, he's, he's a, you know bag of tricks. He's got a lot of skills. He creates mm-hmm. things. Yeah, he's, he, he's he looks a really exciting player, and he seems to he seems to play with his you know with his heart as well, which is which we always want to see. Um, other players, yeah, I think you mentioned Oriol Mangala. He's he's, he's yeah. taking a lot to get going as well. 
in midfield, but he's been superb this season. So yeah, it, t- it can take a little while for players to settle in, and it take a while for you to see the best of them. Obviously, when you know when you sign so many players like we did last season, you, it, I always say you can't really judge a player until you've seen them probably ten or twelve times, and even that's maybe a bit early. Um, but the, there was no room to play these players for ten or twelve games. Yeah, they, they turned out so. So some of them who didn't make immediate impacts, people like Emmanuel Dennis, Henry Lansbury, uh, not Henry Lansbury. It's hard to forget them all. Uh, Lingard, I'm thinking of. Um, players like that didn't really have much impact because th- they didn't make an immediate impact. Um so yeah, you know that they both got um, just using them as examples. They, they played a few games, didn't really do a lot. Um, so then all the players come in, and if, if they're performing, they keep the place. So um, mm. yeah, I suppose that you know that's the same the world over. I suppose, but it was probably more more obvious at Forest than a lot of places last season. Shit, just the sheer fact that we we'd signed an unprecedented amount. of players compared to pretty much any other team uh, certainly in the Premier League I think mm. um, so yeah hit miss definitely the transfers from last season and I wanted to focus on Morgan Gibbs-White a little bit just because I think um, well like when I spoke to some of other fans as well like it's, it's, it's it seems to be that like He's often identified as perhaps being the the most talented player amongst the group um, that, that 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 came in and and has a real real high ceiling about him. Just just wanted your your impression of how he he has been since since he's arrived at the club from from the outside. And there were games I saw where he did look to be sort of one of the one of the driving forces within the team. Yeah, he 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 always wants the ball. Um, which is always a good sign, I think. And mm. and he he's got yeah, he's got a real range of um, things he can do with it when he's when he's got it. Um, he can open up a defence with a with a pass. He can he can sort of um, play a few tricks and and beat a man that way. He can uh, he he sees things quicker than most of the other players around him. I think right. Um, and he worked, he linked up so well with uh, Brennan Johnson last season because Johnson was always looking to run off the um, uh, off the shoulder of the last defender and, and Gibbs White could, could pick him out. So I mean, maybe that's, as, as I said earlier, Gibbs White's not started quite as well this season. I mean, he, he, mm. he played for the under twenty. England on the 21s or on the 23s over the summer so he didn't really have much of a rest so that might be a factor but I think he's definitely missed uh, Brennan Johnson to yeah. this season so far and we've we've signed uh, signed another load of players this summer so they're all still getting to know each other as well but yeah he, he looks a fantastic player there was a lot of money when we signed him you know, for, especially for a club like Forrest to spend sort of thirty five. You know, I mean, I don't think anyone finally knew what the what the transfer fee was, but mm. say 30, 35 million. Yeah, that's roughly what I think. You add ons with that as well. Um, but, uh, it's a hell of a lot of money for a club like Forest to spend on on one player, mm. and 
I think we all thought, ah, you know, he's couldn't, he couldn't even get in the Wolves team. How, how good is this? <laughs> is he going to be? But yeah, by the end of the season, we all knew how good he, he is. And I think most Forest fans were thinking we might only get to watch him play another season, maybe before one of the big boys decide that they'll have a go on punt on him but yeah fantastic player yeah great to watch a real fan's favourite I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide (laughs) this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And so I wanted to come to talk about both Liverpool games last season, um, which were both of them eventful. Of course, I think the the home game, which obviously was that 1-0 win uh, over Liverpool, um, and then uh, the game at Anfield, which is sort of a 3-2, um, like very competitive affair um, towards the end of the season. Actually, it was, I, think, I think it was around April. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, both games competitive. I think, I think much was made, I'm sure, in the, on the Liverpool side of things around that, that loss, uh, like, um, uh, um, the, or the win that you had at home over Liverpool anyway. And, um, I wanted to touch upon the, just, we'll just get your thoughts on those games, uh, and sort of what they were like to, um, to witness. Um, and then I think also to be, uh, yeah, an appropriate time to to just discuss a little bit about. I think you were involved um, yourself with the um, the unveiling of a, a sort of a banner around um, like acknowledging, obviously, sort of uh, um, the the ninety seven um, uh, folks who who perished in Hillsborough um, and the importance of sort of eliminating sort of the, the uh, chance about tragedies um, like that from from games. So I'd appreciate if you could just. Uh, speak a little bit about how you became involved in that and um, yeah, just your, your memories of those games last season. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so uh, should we talk about the banner or the... Yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about, talk the, about banner the banner first, okay. yeah. So, so yeah, the, um, I was at Hillsborough myself, obviously Liverpool played Forest on that, on that fateful day in um, yeah. 15th of April, 1989, which is a day you know anybody who was there is will never never forget never forget lightly. Mm. I was only twelve at the time, but um, yeah, I can still recount the day pretty much um, the whole day in minute detail, even now what uh, four years on. Um, so yeah, Hillsborough always really affected me. Um, mm. When I got home that 
that day from from Hillsborough. I found out that that I lived I lived in a, a village in Derbyshire mm-hmm. um, at the time, and when I got back, found out that that a lad who who lived around the corner from me is a Liverpool fan. He he didn't come home. He was a, he he sadly uh, was one of the ninety seven in the Lapins Lane. Right. So so yeah, Hillsborough's always been a very um, very important. Thing in my life, I suppose. Mm. Um, I never, never in in Liverpool. You know there are, there are support groups, and and it's, it's it's so embedded in the in the city, and people are able to talk about it, and yeah. uh, you know, and everybody knows it's Liverpool's tragedy, and everybody knows the story. But there were there were ten thousand Forest fans there. Yeah. We were just kind of left. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to say this is any anything like the suffering that the people of Liverpool and their families have, have been through. But, but there, we 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 saw it as well. We would we were witnesses to that, that those horrendous sides. And then we were just sort of forgotten about, really. Um, so there's been a lot of mental health issues and 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 things in Nottingham. Uh, and not just in Nottingham, but Forest fans who live further afield who were there that day. Um, and then, do you know the the HSA, the Hillsborough Survivors Support Alliance? Yeah. yeah. They um, they reached out to Forest fans on the the anniversary a couple of years ago. It might have been two, three years ago. Yeah. And they, it was just just a little thing on Twitter. It just said, you know, we remember that you know the Forest fans who were there that day as well and the things they saw. And there was a big outpouring of. Um, it was sort of, yeah, 20, 30 years or whatever it had been of, of kind of emotions came out of um, of a lot of Forest fans from that, just from just from seeing that. Um, and I was I was one of those one of those people. Ended up kind of sort of meeting through Twitter, through social media, a couple of other people who felt felt the same as me about it, Forest fans. And then when we drew you in the FA Cup. The season before last mm. at City Brown, which is uh, obviously the first meeting in the FA Cup between the two teams since that day. Yeah, I remember it well. Um, we went uh, uh, a few of us went up to Anfield in the week before the game and, and laid wreaths at the at the memorial, and we met up with with the people who 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 ran, who run, who do such a brilliant job running the um, the HSA in Liverpool. Mm. It was a really humbling day. We met some of the families there. Uh, a really humbling day, but it was sort of um, little bridges were built and little alliances were made, sort of around that time. Um, and then, so when it came to the last season, in the match at the City Ground, which Forest won, unfortunately, and there's there's no way of um, Sort of denying this or beating around the bush about it, there there were elements of the forest support who were singing uh, always the victims song, right? Um, so some of us were really shocked and, and appalled by that. You know, it was, it, was uh, it wasn't the whole the whole stadium singing it. It was pockets, but it was, mm-hmm. it was loud enough, and it was it was more than once, and it was um, for those of us who you know who had. This, history it was, it was really shocking so we decided 
again, in, we liaised with HSA. We got in touch with Spirit of Shankly. Um, we booked people at Liverpool Football Club. We were absolutely fantastic. Um, and we said, we're going to do something about this. We're not, we're not having it. it. It's too upsetting for us. So God knows how upsetting it is for people who've, who, um, yeah, who've lost people or who, who were survivors. And so, yeah, it, it took a bit of organising, but we were adamant we needed to do something. And we thought the banner was the, um, was the best way to make a big statement. And I think it achieved, well, you, you can tell me or Liverpool fans can tell me whether it achieved its goal or not, but it was to show some solidarity, to, to say, you know, this, this chanting is out of order. It's not acceptable. It's not banter. It's not funny. It's nothing. It's we want nothing to do with it in our club. And we don't want it. We don't want any, we want other fans to say, no, we're not having that either. And, and hopefully they can, they can make a stand in their own clubs. But yeah, so that that's, that's how it all came about. And um, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still very close. We, 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 there's a, there's a, the HSA have got now, they've got a forest, um, they've got a small group set up specifically for forest fans as well. So we're, we're members of that. Hmm. It's a sort of growing group. And, um, and yeah, hopefully this sort of division between Liverpool and, and forest fans that's it's been there can, um, can just go because we, you know, we experienced this, the same thing on the same day. If anyone should understand it, mm. it should be us. No, of course. And yeah, thank you for obviously going into detail about your own experience on the day. Um, and I think you're, uh, I, I, I think it is an important point to raise in that, yeah, it's, it was a, it's, you know, naturally so many uh, families of um, those based in Liverpool affected by it, but it's, it's a shared trauma of those who were who were there on the day um, and had to had to witness it, had to experience it. Even even those who weren't directly necessarily, you know, um, impacted by the tragedies of sort of the, the the loss of life, obviously. So, I think I think yeah, I mean, obviously from the reception that the the banner got, I think it was very welcomed. Um, the it's shocking, of course, to. Um, as you said, you know, to hear that sort of chanting, especially when there's such a direct connection, you know, between yeah. between the two clubs and and the experience of that tragedy. But I have to say, I mean, like a, I'm a younger fan in in, in that, yeah, I, I wasn't around to experience that day. But my dad often often just often discusses that day. Um, wasn't there at the game itself, but um, he tells me the story about walking through a shopping centre and seeing all the TVs um, turned over to it um, and and then just watching it and um been up to the games and many times since then and clearly obviously has a lasting impression and has has left a lasting impression on so many and it's yes yeah we can reach out you 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 hear this chanting and it's remarkable really i think in yeah the age of social media a lot of uh things are said online you know behind the cloak of anonymity but to see the way in which people sometimes still throw those things around just to you know, just poking a wound um, was is remarkable. So, I think yeah, the message of the banner, yeah, I think it couldn't be more couldn't be more welcome. But well, that that was that was the intention. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, we got, I've seen the video since. I, I know that Anfield um, 
stood and applauded, but at the time we had the banner, it was over our heads, so we couldn't actually see that. <laughs> so yeah. we could hear it, but we couldn't see it. So we would, I mean, even, even like sort of the minute before we were about to do it, we still didn't know what the reception was going to be like from from either sets of fans, really. We, we didn't know how it would be received in our end or in your end. So, um, but I think it was it was received the way it was intended to be um, um, uh, delivered. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. No, of course. I mean, I think I mean, it's you, you, you'd like to think that there would be nobody who'd have any objection, right, to to a message like what what was on that banner um, seems like a fairly um, basic universal yeah basic <laughs> level mean, of humanity yeah, right but yeah, then yeah. you do get surprised week in week out unfortunately at the moment but um, yeah I, yeah just echo some of the reception that you, you that you would have got on the day and since then but yeah thank you for obviously your efforts in in doing yeah, that it's it it, it quite cathartic for us as well um, yeah and because like you said you know your dad. Your dad opened and has talked talked about it to you, yeah, um, sense, yeah. sort of th- throughout your life. But I, that, when you said that, I thought there's like there's probably thousands of forest fans who were there. Well, I know I know people who were there, that forest fans who have never never spoken to anyone about it. You know, it's just it's just bottled up because it's never it's ne- it's 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 felt like it's felt like Liverpool's tragedy, which of course. It is, mm. um, but yeah, it's it was. You, like I say, you know, you, you never, you can't forget what you saw that that day. We, no. had, we were locked in the ground for two hours. We, we couldn't help. We couldn't leave. We couldn't do anything apart from stand there and watch. So um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people who haven't dealt with it down here. Um, mm. um, but yeah, like I say, the, the the HSA are definitely. I mean, what what people they are, and they the fact that they've opened up their um their arms to to us now as well is is it's just been very very humbling, very humbling. Yeah. No, yeah, fantastic people, um, and just the the yeah the stamina it must take to do that. I think is uh, has always has always um sort of been impressed upon me. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Once again, just thank you for for all your involvement in it. And um, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything that I don't think it diminishes anything about what happened on that day to s- suggest that everybody who was there, you know, on both sides was you know, in, impacted by. It. I think that's I think that's only normal. So yeah. um, thanks again. But um, you mentioned, I mean, like uh, I mean, if, if if we return to you know, the the football itself, I mean, both of those games. Emotional affairs, but both of those games, like like competitive contests, um, that three two at Anfield was like um, at a particularly important point of the season as well for both clubs, and we sort of saw the way it unfolded. So it'll be interesting to sort of get your opinion on how you think uh, the weekend's game is going to go. But before we do that, you mentioned all these players came in last season, uh, you know, a handful, more than a handful, have come in again this summer, um, and you mentioned that like spending thirty. Odd million on Morgan Gibbs White is a big sum for the club to have paid, and uh, I think they broke that um, again with the, the signing of uh, Ibrahim Sangare from 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 Eindhoven, who I think is coming for about thirty five million euros. There's Elanga, 
who's coming from United, which I thought was a really interesting move. And I think he's spoken quite uh, quite well, actually, about sort of the reasons why he made that move and seems to have a real uh, strong head on his shoulders around sort of how he will, what he wants to do in his career. Um, Chris Wood, um, Murillo, Dominguez, Matt Turner, um, Callum Hudson-Odoi, of course. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of others that, that we could talk about as well. But um, <laughs> of of those who've come in so far this season, uh, are there a few that have like left the biggest impression? The ones who I, I seem to remember seeing the most of uh, anyway are Alanga. Um, uh, Hudson-Odoi obviously announced himself quite nicely. And yeah. Chris Wood uh, having an impact of late as well, but uh, yeah, just wanted your opinion on on those new signings and who's who's uh, you know, hit the ground running so far. Yep. Yeah, well, um, Alanga, he, he looks very raw. He's he's very fast. He's got a lot of pace. Super quick. Yeah. Um, and I, I, my son's a massive fan of him. He, he, I get a, a, a go to the match with my son. <laughs> he loves him. And I'm, I'm a little bit critical, and he hasn't got any, um, you know, he's, he's yeah. seemed to get in the end product there. <laughs> and then he got two assists on Saturday, so he, <laughs> my, my lad was like, "There you go, Dad. Yeah, yeah. how's that for no end product?" Young like, yeah, football fans man. love pace, just love. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks really, he looks a really exciting player. To be fair, but he's uh, yeah. he's still, still learning his craft. Um, Chris Wood, who you mentioned there, we actually signed him last season, and mm, yeah, uh, yeah, he was just on loan, but it was made permanent. In the uh, he, he had to play three games to make his loan permanent, which he did straight away. And obviously, a proven goal scorer at this level, but he's looked really off the pace, um, mm. not great at all. And again, on um, on Saturday, he's been is because um, because. Tyro's injured. He's been having to lead the line the last the last few games, and again at heart, he'd missed a couple of sitters on Saturday in the first half against Luton, and um, and we were all everyone after oh, he'd take take Wood off. He's doing nothing, and then within like thirty seconds of the second half, he scored, and then he got another one, and then he could have potentially got a third right at the death as well. So. Again, shows what we know about football, really. Fans not not as clued up as we. As we like to think we are, and um, so Woods not made a massive impression, but he, now he's scoring. Maybe that will carry on. Um, in midfield, yes, Sangari was the he was the big signing. He's not shown. He's, he's played like four games, so it's, it's hard to judge someone after four games. He's, he doesn't look like a, to me. He doesn't look like a thirty-five million pound midfielder at the moment, but he's obviously got all the attributes there. So I'm hoping that once he's settled in, got used to the the league, the language, the the club, mm. the city, then um, then we'll 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 see his real quality. But playing alongside him is is Dominguez, who's the the Argentine. Uh, he's been he's been fantastic. Again, he's only played three or four games. He looks looks a really good player in that midfield. Um, can pass, can can again seem to split defenses. Win the ball. He's, he's got good positioning. So out of, the, out of the two new midfielders, I'd say Dominguez has been has been more eye catching so far. Mm. But the one who's getting everybody excited is um, a twenty year old centre back from Brazil called Murillo. And again, he, he's only played three games, four games, but he looks a, he looks a real player. Big, strong, can play sort of like fifty. 
50 yard balls straight to feet without defence he can he can dribble he looks yeah he looks really excited he's, he's the one that I think Forest fans are getting most excited about from this summer's uh, of new signings he's the one Marillo yeah yeah, also keep an eye out for uh, for him on the weekend. And looking at the results so far this season, um, a couple of wins in there already. Around sort of, sort of that that went over Sheffield United, went over Chelsea, which must have been um, like thoroughly enjoyable as well. Um, of course. <laughs> wanted to just ask you again for just your your thoughts about how the season started, um, whether there's been any sort of noticeable shifts in in the approach from Steve Cooper. Um, from how you ended last season, uh, and yeah, maybe a little bit about that um, that famous win uh, over Chelsea. Well, the the season so far has been a mixed bag, I would say. Um, okay. Steve Steve Cooper's been quite open, saying that he doesn't want Forest to play the way they did last season. That was just about staying up, damage limitations. We need to progress. The style of play needs to progress. Um, you know, the club itself needs to progress if we want to stay in the Premier League sort of uh, long term. So he's trying to make us a better uh, footballing team. It's going to take a little bit of time, obviously. Um, I think Brighton are obviously the benchmark on this. It's took them sort of three or four seasons to really uh, basically fight fighting relegation before they've been able to sort of turn it on as they do now. Um, in terms of results this season, we've had we had really hard away games. Our away games have been against Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Palace, and now Liverpool. So a, a very tough start yeah, away from home, and we've done well to pick up a couple a win and a draw. So we've got four points from the away games, but the home games have been against the three promoted teams. Sheffield United, we beat with a last-minute winner. Uh, Burnley, we drew one all. Luton at the weekend, we were 2-0 up and absolutely cruising and then threw it away in the last 10 minutes and drew two all. And the other home game was against Brentford, uh, who had, had a lot of injuries at the time. And don't they didn't look like the Brentford that, we, you know, that we've certainly been used to seeing at Forest over the years. They didn't look great, but we only managed to draw with them as well. So it, it really tough run of away games and we've probably played better than most Forest fans would have expected. The home games, I think most Forest fans were expecting maybe a couple more wins than what we've actually got. So overall, it's it's a mixed bag. That I would say the team is playing better than it was at this stage last season. And the squad does look better. So I'm pretty hopeful we'll sort of avoid getting dragged right into the relegation mire as well. But we're not going to be far away from it all season. The last game as well, was caught my eye in terms of sort of the concession of those those two late goals against Luton. Um, and just wanted to ask you, I mean, yeah, do you think there's a reason why that you've so far, anyway, this season struggled to get like more wins at home. Is it? I mean, whenever there's goals late on like that, people point to like lack like of concentration, individual errors, like like whatever it might be. But what's your impression about why that the the home form has been a little bit sluggish to start the season with? I think it might be expectations changed huh. last season. 
we were real underdogs and we had the whole like yeah 30 signings thing thrown at us all the time and every game just felt like a battle um and we were the underdogs us against the world and the atmosphere at the city ground was was incredible every game um, and this season, yeah, we've started off the expectation. You look at the fixtures, Sheffield United, Burnley, Brentford, Luton. You're thinking, well, I'm thinking we should be picking up a couple of wins there. And I think Forest fans are maybe the expectation shifted. Yeah. Um, as uh, vociferous as it was last season so far. Um and I think that's maybe getting to players. Plus, again, like we say, we've signed a, not, a lot of new players in the summer. The manager's trying to change the style of play. These things do take time to settle in. So, um, yeah, the pragmatic fan in me says it, it's just um, part of the process. And it takes time. Um, and the more sort of um, fervent fan thinks we should be picking up more points than we have done from that run of home fixtures so far. So just to wrap up, just one final question would be around uh, the the upcoming game this weekend at Anfield. You mentioned there a number of tough away fixtures um, against sides in the top six. And uh, I just wondered what the approach had been in, in, the, in those games that you'd seen from Steve Cooper and what, what kind of game, what kind of approach you're expecting uh, this Sunday at Anfield? Well, yeah, like you say, we've had... Um, We've had some tough away fixtures this year. We've we've sat back and defended and tried to sort of attack on the break as we were doing last season. We've lost Brennan Johnson, who is, is sort of the main threat for that, for the counter-attacking team. So we'll, we'll still play like that. We'll still set up like that. But we do seem a bit more solid defensively. I feel like I'm jinxing it here a bit. We've looked more solid defensively and we've looked like we've had a few more ideas and trying a few different things when we when we are attacking. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be amazed if we um, if anything up on Sunday, to be honest. Forrest's record at Anfield is is abysmal, even in our like glory days under Cluffy. We could never get a win at Anfield. So, I think a win would be like beyond the wildest dreams of even the most optimistic Forest fan, a draw would be would be pretty amazing to be honest. And um, you know, even last the, the the game Anfield last season, which we lost three two, we came out we sort of um, buzzing really that we, it was the first time we scored two goals away all season. We uh, we felt like we'd given it a go rather than just sitting back all game. And um, funnily enough, that even though we lost that game, it did give us a bit of confidence going into that final run of fixtures last season. So, mm. um, in answer to your question, don't expect us to get anything at the weekend. Anything's a bonus, in, and I include in that story. Just goals that maybe uh, would be enough for us to be quite happy. Sure, sure. Well, I want to thank you again, Martin, for coming on and just giving us, yeah, your your perspective on how things went last season for Forest. Um, like trying to remember 
uh, all of the different, different signings that have been made over the past two summers, <laughs> which has often been a difficult challenge. But then also, obviously, of course, your your recollections of um, of that day at Hillsborough, but also um, sort of the efforts you've undertaken since then and uh, um, the the importance of those uh, those efforts around sort of like ending those chants about tragedies at, at games. So, yeah, really want to thank you for coming on and, uh, yeah, appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Harry. All the best. Absolutely. And to all those who uh, are listening as well, um, there'll be another Rival Recon pod ahead of the game against Luton on November 5th. Uh, but do check out all the other great content on, uh, on Anfield Index Pro now and between then. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, we'll, uh, you'll hear from me again ahead of our game against Luton on November 5th. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.